Welcome everybody to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing on this Tuesday? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. We are brought to you by Christie's Cafe, Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, The Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Such a great time to be here on the show. Now on at 2 o'clock, Monday through Friday, right after Rod Peterson and just before the Atlanta Braves dugout report. I love this time slot. I'm excited to be a part of the WQEE family. Been going on almost a year now. I mean, we could talk about in January, it will be a year. And I'm really excited just to be having a sports show here in the metro Atlanta area. I mean, the Noonan market just outside of Atlanta, doing sports talk radio in Columbus. And I love the fact that I can get on the air and talk nothing but sports. And it really, truly has been a blessing. We have a great show for you. I'm going to kick things off with the hiring of Hugh Freeze at Auburn and what the expectations are for the Auburn Tigers. And how does the fan base feel about Hugh Freeze? I mean, his resume is very impressive. I mean, say what you want about the allegations at Ole Miss, but he's beaten Nick Saban. I mean, he beat Nick Saban two years in a row. I'll get into the hiring of Hugh Freeze. We have, you know, a, a game today, today at 2 o'clock. And it is a big game between the United States and Iran. The United States so far has tied Wales, and they have tied England. And they have yet to get a goal from their goal scorer, Christian Pulisic. They've got to get one today. They have to beat Iran if they want to advance. And Iran, who wasted no time beating Wales, they did lose to England 6-2, but Iran is one of those teams that is sneaky good. I mean, they're ranked 20th in FIFA rankings, so one of the best teams in Asia. And the United States has got to get the win. This is going to be a big one. And just a reminder that I'm going to be live at Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill today at 6 p.m. doing the coaches show. That show will air on Wednesday here on WQEE. I'm riding solo today. No guest. My weekly guest, Justin Dale, is uh, busy. He'll be back on next week. We have a lot of things to preview including all the conference championships that are going on this week. And I'm going to kick things off Friday, even though we've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of high school semifinal games, including St. Ampicelli taking on Stratford Academy in Macon. And you got Troop County taking on Benedictine down in Savannah. We do have a state championship game this Wednesday night at Jordan-Hare Stadium between the Auburn Tigers and the three-time state champions the Thompson Warriors out of Alabaster, Alabama. Can they make it four in a row? Can they be the Houston Comets of the WNBA? The last time we've seen four in a row in professional sports, the New York Islanders winning four straight Stanley Cups. Can the Thompson Warriors do it? Or will the Auburn Tigers get their first ever state title? Boy, this is exciting. And I'm excited about it. Not going to be at the game because I have other obligations. But... Let's talk about some college football. Friday night, 
Utah taking on USC. We will find out very early Friday whether or not the USC Trojans are going to make it to the college football playoff. I think they will. I think they get the victory over Utah. They're only a three and a half point favorite, and we know that the line is going to go down. Saturday at noon on ABC, Kansas State is taking on TCU. TCU is only a two and a half point favorite. Can you believe that? So there's a chance that USC and TCU could both lose right away, and then that leaves the LSU-Georgia game at 4 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Georgia is favored by 17.5. I think the Georgia Bulldogs win, but Georgia knows in the back of their mind that they could still lose and make the college football playoff. Do they want to avoid having to play Alabama? It's possible that Alabama could get back into this if TCU and USC loses. Imagine that if they make Michigan number one, and we'll find out tonight with the college football rankings, imagine if they make Michigan number one and Georgia number two, and then Ohio State is number three, and then Alabama would be number four. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, The ACC championship game, 8 p.m., no title implications for the college football playoff. But it is Clemson and North Carolina. Both suffered embarrassing losses. Clemson to South Carolina and North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech. Still embarrassing losses. UCF and Tulane in the American Championship. Winner of that game is going to get a New Year's Six bowl berth. And I think that Tulane with their head coach, Willie Fritz. I said on the show yesterday that Willie Fritz accepted the job at Georgia Tech. I was getting a little ahead of myself. I think that one of the news sources broke the story, but it's not official yet. Probably won't be official for a while, I don't know. But I'm excited about college football, excited about the NFL. But let's talk about the Auburn Tigers getting Hugh Freeze. This is the best fit. Hugh Freeze with new athletic director John Cohen. He has agreed to a six-year deal at Auburn, an average of $6.5 million a year. 2014 and 2015 was really the height of his coaching career when he coached at Ole Miss. Now, he did coach at Lambeth University in 2008 and 2009. That was my alma mater's biggest rival. Lambeth University no longer exists. It is now the University of Memphis at Jackson Lambeth was a school that he coached at, and I went to a Faulkner-Lambeth game in 2009. So back in 2009, I had the privilege of watching a football game that Hugh Freeze was the head coach. It's pretty cool stuff, you know. I kind of look at that stuff. I know Auburn was looking at Lane Kiffin, but Lane Kiffin is staying put at Ole Miss. He's got a new deal that's worth $9 million a year. Now, Hugh Freeze replaces Brian Harson, who was the shortest tenured Auburn head coach. A lot of the fan base is saying, well, Hugh Freeze is just like Gus Malzahn. Probably not. I think Hugh Freeze is the better recruiter. Hugh Freeze is going to get players at Auburn, and he develops quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford's only a freshman. You're going to see him get better. And I received word that he is keeping Cadillac Williams on his staff. That is huge for recruiting. I think Hugh Freeze is going to be fine, but the expectations at Auburn is at least get 10 wins and get to a bowl game. 
be in the top 25, compete with Alabama every year. I don't want to see Auburn just take a nosedive, you know, catch lightning in a bottle one year, make it all the way to the national championship game, and then finish 7-5 and five, and then go 5-7. and seven. No, we don't want to see that. But this Auburn fan base is impatient. They let Tommy Tuberfield go when he went 5-7. and seven. He only did that one year. I mean, this guy beat Alabama six straight times. Gene Chizik, he was ran out of town after one year, and there was a year where it was just a disaster of a year when Auburn only won three games. Yes, Auburn can find lightning in a bottle, but this Auburn team, you got to lower the expectations just a little bit. You may get to the point of Alabama someday, but you got to remember that Nick Saban is still in this conference. Well, that Monday night football game, oh boy, that was unwatchable. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Indianapolis Colts 24-17. to And as much as I wanted to watch this game, I just couldn't. I mean, after a week long of nothing but great football and World Cup for Thanksgiving, I just needed a break from watching football. And it was a perfect time to not even watch the game. I mean, Pittsburgh did jump out to the 13-0 lead. I did have some investing interest because I had George Pickens on my fantasy team. He did not win me anything. Uh, He didn't really pick up a whole lot of fantasy points. But who has been more disappointing? Matt Ryan with the Indianapolis Colts or Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos? I actually think Aaron Rodgers has been the most disappointing quarterback this season. The Indianapolis Colts, they were one of the teams that looked like they were going to be the favorites to win the AFC South. They're not. They are a disaster, and I'm still questioning the interim head coach, Jeff Saturday. I don't think he's going to be the regular head coach. But what about this scenario? You bring David Shaw to the NFL or Bill O'Brien. I think that Bill O'Brien would make a good NFL head coach. So the Indianapolis Colts probably are going to find their guy, which begs the question, I have more opportunities to give some of the coaches that I think are going to be on the hot seat. I mean, I'm going to have a show where I'm going to be dedicated to talking about who in the NFL is going to be on the hot seat. We already lost Frank Reich, and we already lost Matt Rule. But who else is going? Maybe Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe Levy Smith in Houston, that he only survives one season because I just cannot believe how bad the Houston Texans are. Anyway. Did anybody catch the end of that Georgia-Southern-Appalachian State game? Boy, as a broadcaster, that gets me excited. So they went crazy down in Statesboro because Georgia Southern beat App State on a final play to end the game and Georgia Southern defeated Appalachian State 51 to 48 in double overtime in front of a packed house in Statesboro. They went nuts at Paulson Stadium. Well, not necessarily a packed house. There was 18,000 fans. I mean, they can fill 25,000 fans at Paulson Stadium. But this gave Georgia Southern six wins, and they are bowl eligible. It's something to cheer about with a disappointing season for Georgia Southern. You know, some bad losses. They did lose to Georgia State. They lost to South Alabama. They lose to Marshall. But they did have some incredible wins like against Nebraska. And Georgia Southern, 6-6, six and six, are going to a bowl game this year. Congratulations to the Georgia Southern Eagles. 
I've always been a fan of Georgia Southern. And by the way, that's where Willie Fritz also coached. So, you know, you, you got to think that he's probably going to take that Georgia Tech job. I mean, I would. You know, I'm done being optimistic about the Atlanta Hawks. They have lost three straight games where all three times they blew double-digit leads. They fall to the Philadelphia 76ers last night, 104-101. to and the Hawks are 11-10. and 10. This is not the elite team that I thought they were going to be. There has to be some changes made in Atlanta. And it starts with their head coach, Nate McMillan, which I was a believer when he took over for Lloyd Pierce and he became the interim head coach and led the Atlanta Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. I thought that the Atlanta Hawks were going to be a team that was going to be at the mountaintop for years to come. They're not. They've regressed. Maybe it's their depth on their bench. Maybe trading away Kevin Herter and Bogdan Boganovich being injured. And then you give John Collins a max deal and he's regressed. Getting rid of Cam Reddish. Maybe that might have been a possibility. Now, don't get me wrong. DeAndre Hunter has been a pretty good player. And sometimes A.J. Griffin looks good in spurts. But this Hawks team does not look like a championship contender at all. Once again, they go on the road on Wednesday to take on the Orlando Magic. The Magic have only won five games. Better get this win. Look, Trey Young's having a very good season. He's averaging 28 points a game. DeJounte Murray is a good running mate with Trey Young. But the expectations were that Trey Young now has a superstar alongside him and I thought that the Atlanta Hawks could compete in the Eastern Conference Finals. At this point, I'm not sure if the Atlanta Hawks are going to make the playoffs. Well, at least the play-in game. All right, so with the college football playoff rankings that are happening tonight, my dream scenario, I have said this from the beginning, is I want to see Georgia and USC in the Peach Bowl. And here is why. Many of you know that I have ties to California. I was born and raised. I left California in 2005 to go back to Memphis, you know, the area where I went to college. Had some college roommates that just invited me over. I lived in Memphis for a brief time in 2005. You remember the John Calipari years with the Memphis Tigers. But California was my home from 1979 to 2005. And USC really needs to be on the map to save college football in California. I have been critical of college football in California. I even said on this show that people in California do not care about college football. Just look at the attendance earlier in this season when UCLA couldn't even draw half of their fans at the Rose Bowl. USC needs to do this for California. They need to beat Utah on Friday and they need to get into the college football playoff to face Georgia at the Peach Bowl because having ties to California and having ties to Georgia, I know both fan bases. I know that USC has a lot of Hollywood celebrities that are going to make the trip to Atlanta. USC really, for the longest time, when the NFL was not in Los Angeles, from 1995 all the way to 2016. I mean, it was a very long time 
that football was not in Los Angeles. USC was the only show in town. And a great documentary, the ESPN 30 for 30, Trojan Wars, talks about that dynasty that Pete Carroll built in the early 2000s at USC winning multiple national championships with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush. I think Lincoln Riley can get them back there. I think that they're here early. Uh, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman, but USC has got to fix their defense. I think if USC plays Georgia, because it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia's going to have a major home field advantage. I think Georgia rolls over USC. I think that Caleb Williams is still going to win the Heisman, but Georgia's defense is just going to smother him. And Georgia is going to be able to do whatever they want because USC does not have a defense. Which means that the other matchup, the Fiesta Bowl, would be Michigan taking on TCU. I can't think heads or tails on what to believe when it comes to TCU. Are they good? Are they just playing weak or conference? I mean, they're in the Big 12. They beat some pretty good teams, beat Texas on the road in Austin. They beat Oklahoma, but that's not really saying much. Oklahoma had a very disappointing 6-6 six and six season. But I think that that would be a very fun game. I would love to see Michigan taking on TCU. And then I guess we would have Georgia and Michigan in the national championship game, which would be at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. It would be a rematch of the college football semifinal where Georgia just manhandled Michigan and they scored on all four drives to start the game. But Michigan would give them a fight. I think Michigan is a much better team this year than they were last year. Which begs the question, what to do with Ohio State? Seriously, I actually was thinking about this when I googled bowl projections. I really just wanted to see where they think all these teams are going to play. And here we go. So the New Year's Six Bowl matchups that they are predicting, this is according to CBSSports.com. So you've got the Peach Bowl you got Georgia and USC, the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan, and TCU. So, yeah, I got those right. All right, starting with the Rose Bowl, they've got Ohio State versus Washington. Now, rightfully so, another Rose Bowl appearance by Ohio State. Washington only had two losses in the Pac-12, so they would get in just by default because USC would be in the semifinal game. All right, so the Cotton Bowl, which is two at-large teams, they have Penn State. Penn State had two losses. Another great team, you know, a great fan base. You know, they're going to make that trip down to Dallas. Taking on the Tulane Green Wave, which, you know, they have a non-Power 5 school. It's not going to be coached by Willie Fritz because I believe he's going to take the Georgia Tech job. Tulane, you know, New Orleans is, is going to show out for the Cotton Bowl. You know, that would be great. You know, of course, they. this is just a projection. They got to beat UCF on Saturday in the American Championship. All right, the Sugar Bowl, Alabama and Kansas State. At this point, Kansas State will have three losses. But because they were the Big 12 runner-up, they would get the automatic berth here. And then the Orange Bowl, it would be Clemson taking on Tennessee. Uh, I like that because Clemson would be the ACC champion and uh, Tennessee would be, you know... a a top 10 team in the final college football rankings, so they would get a New Year's Six bowl game. 
And, uh, you know, Tennessee winning 10 games for the first time since 2007. You know, happy for them. Just glad that Tennessee, just one of those teams that, you know, even without Hendon Hooker, you know, Joe Milton showed that that he could play. And, you know, they just rolled over Vanderbilt the other night. But th- this is also a very intriguing matchup because it's the two teams that South Carolina beat. All right, so those are the New Year's Six Bowl projections. All right, now I want to try to get real with you. Because many of you know that on Saturday, so two weeks ago, I was at the Columbus River Dragons game. Corey and I were in attendance. And, you know, I just got finished calling the high school game of the week for 95.7 ESPN Radio. It was incredible. I, I loved every minute of it. Uh, got to call the Northside Warner Robins game. It was the second round of the GHSAA playoff game. And I just had the privilege just to call Malachi Hosley's number. You know, he rushed the football. But unfortunately, Warner Robins defeated the Northside Patriots 38-7. to And as, you know, we get ready for high school basketball season. You know, last year I was the public address announcer for Russell County. You know, Russell County is going to be in action this Friday night, taking on their longtime rival Central. And so I have an announcement to make on this show. As I try to cut back this show and try to cut back my workload, uh, I will no longer be calling Russell County games. Uh, it's 45 minutes away. You know, I live in Columbus, and I got to really not only cut back the workload. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had fun being the public address announcer for the basketball team. They had some incredible moments, including when Kwame Times Davis just rained like 10 three-pointers against Ufala. It was, it was incredible. But it was very long. I would call the JV, the varsity girls, and the varsity boys, and the basketball games would not end until about 11 o'clock at night. I wasn't getting home until about midnight. And I'm already doing that for... You know, high school football on Fridays. Luckily, you know, high school football season is over, and I'm not going to call any games this Friday because I have a family obligation. But calling the Rapids, I'm committed to calling the Rapids this year as much as I can, but I'm just looking to cut back. I mean, last year I was actually calling the Rapids and doing Russell County games. You know, you really can't take on two assignments at the same time. And so I'm going to just focus on the Rapids, and I'm also going to focus on you know cutting back the show a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing this show five days a week. It is awesome, and I love all the guests that I do. But as we get toward the holiday season, you know, I just want to cut back this show so I could spend more time with my family. I really enjoyed the break. I only did two shows last week because it was the Thanksgiving break. I really just enjoy just having the time off and just spending time with my family. And uh, that's what I want to try to do and uh, just focus on just cutting back on my assignments. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm willing to fill in if my schedule will allow me to. You know, I was very honored to fill in as the play-by-play announcer for Columbus State women's soccer. And hopefully I'm counted upon when needed. Just a reminder... The Columbus State Lady Cougars soccer team is taking on Western Washington on December the 1st in Seattle. This game is actually going to start at 11 Eastern time 
as it is a three-hour time difference. So it's 8 o'clock Pacific. Columbus State is the number two seed taking on Western Washington, which is the number three seed. Westchester is taking on Fair State in the other bracket. And the winner will advance to the championship game that will take place on Friday, December the 3rd. All final four games of the NCAA Division II will be in Seattle. I would love to stay up and watch that game because I follow Columbus State soccer pretty much the entire season. I had the privilege of calling three games, and they looked incredible. Some of their memorable moments coming down from a 3-1 deficit to defeat West Florida. The game before in the third round, beating Flagler on penalty kicks. They've just had some incredible moments. Lauren Barnes getting the goal in the 80th minute against Lenore Ryan. And so I'm looking forward to that. All right, I just want to have a reminder that the 15th Annual Middle and High School Football Awards Luncheon, sponsored by Sports Visions, presented by Aflac, will take place Thursday, December the 8th at 11.30 a.m. at the St. Luke's Ministry Center, located on 11th Street in downtown Columbus, Georgia. The guest speaker is Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart, hopefully He will have an SEC championship under his belt when he comes on as the guest speaker. I will be in attendance. I'm excited to actually be a part of this. For more information, contact DJ Jones at 706-681-1136. It's just a good opportunity just to honor these high school football players from the Chattahoochee Valley that has worked hard all season long, and I am so fortunate that I get to be a part of it. And I'm looking forward to hearing Coach Smart. So I do want to talk a little bit about the National Football League because Russell Wilson, playing for the Denver Broncos, has been the worst disaster this season. I was one of these skeptics that thought that him going to the Broncos, which was already a good team, just needed a quarterback, that he was going to be the right fit, and he was going to lead the Broncos to, if not the Super Bowl, competing with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. The Broncos have been bad. They lost to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, and I'm saying the Broncos are bad. They're 3-8. and eight. They're in last place, and you thought that the Raiders have had a bad season. They're not in last place, but Denver has looked terrible. Meanwhile, in New York, and I know this should make my broadcast partner co-host Corey Bang happy because he is a Jets fan, they found their quarterback. Mike White takes over for Zach Wilson, and let's just face it, he's the better quarterback. Mike White throws for three touchdown passes, and it is his job. Going forward, it's his job. Now, they got a tough game a couple of games against the Vikings and then the Bills. But they got some winnable games against the the Lions, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and they wrapped the regular season with the Miami Dolphins. But I'm going to come out and say it. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC. They are going to go back to the NFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl. I'm already calling it. They're at least going to get the number three seed. They could beat Minnesota and Minneapolis. They could beat Philly up in Philadelphia. 
it is possible. I think that Philly is a good team, but they have a formula that's working. They could run the football. I think that the Eagles will get the number one seed. They will wrap that up. You have the Vikings because they're running away with their division. They'll get the number two seed. That leaves the number three seed to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I think that Tampa is going to get the number four seed and win the NFC South. But whoever they face, it's looking like they're going to face the Dallas Cowboys. I would give the Cowboys the win there. The other two playoff spots. You have the number six seed. Right now, it would be the Giants. And then the number seven seed would be the Washington Commanders. So if the season ended today in the NFC, all NFC East teams would make the playoffs. And so you would have the Washington Commanders taking on the Minnesota Vikings and then the New York Giants taking on the San Francisco 49ers, which the 49ers would win. I would say, you know, it's a toss-up between the, the Commanders and the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings are a very vulnerable number two seed. But I'm going to say the Vikings win that game. And so that would leave the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles and then the 49ers taking on the Vikings. I honestly feel the 49ers are just getting better and better. They can go up to Minnesota and beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. This team travels well because they run the football and they have the best defense in the National Football League. Defense wins championships. I feel this defense for the 49ers can carry them to at least the NFC Championship where... I think they play the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys will go up to Philly and they will beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you have a classic NFC championship between the hated rivals of the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Mark my word, if the Cowboys and 49ers are in the NFC championship, I promise you that I will have Gabe Reynolds on this show at least every single day talking about that game. That would be a massive game that would bring back to the glory days of 1992, 1993, and 1994 when it was the Cowboys and 49ers all day, every day in the NFC Championship. As a kid, I loved it. And of course, my brother-in-law is a big Cowboys fan too. And so he, in fact, his whole side of the family are Cowboys fans and trying to turn my daughter into a Cowboys fan. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, no, she's a Cowboys fan. All right. You know, it's America's team, so what can I say? I'd be happy for the city of Dallas. I would be happy for Cowboys fans if they made it all the way to the NFC Championship. But mark my word, if they took on the 49ers in the NFC Championship, get ready to post those crying Cowboy memes. It's going to happen. I think the 49ers are a very good team that would actually travel Minnesota and get the win I think that they could do that against Dallas but you know you're looking at a low scoring game right there because you have the two best defenses in all of football I think all right so the AFC right now is Kansas City they're, they're going to get the number one seed can the Dolphins get the number two seed if they continue winning they got a big game this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers this could determine whether or not the Dolphins are for real they still got to play Buffalo, and they still got to play the Jets. Uh, man, I think the Jets are just so much better with Mike White. The Jets have a very good defense. So looking at what it would look like if the season ended today, the Chiefs would get the number one seed. 
The Dolphins would get the number two seed. The Baltimore Ravens would get the number three seed. And then the Tennessee Titans would get the number four seed. Playing the Titans would be the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that would be a win for Buffalo. They would win that. Now, the next game, you got the Cincinnati Bengals would be the number six seed. And they would take on the Baltimore Ravens. I think this, but the Bengals could win that game, or, or Baltimore could win it. It could go either way. Then you would have the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins would win that game. So then you would have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you would have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Dolphins. Or let's say the Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens. Then the Bengals would take on the Chiefs. Then you get another rematch between the Bills and the Dolphins. Either way. It's going to be Kansas City against either Buffalo or Miami in the AFC Championship. And I think Kansas City wins and they go to the Super Bowl against either the Cowboys or the 49ers. Nobody wants to see another Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl except me. We already saw that in 2020. We we saw how the 49ers jumped up to that big lead. And then Richard Sherman couldn't cover Sammy Watkins. And Patrick Mahomes you know, gets out of a jam with the third and 15. Nobody wants to see that again. And plus the Chiefs just steamrolled the 49ers in the regular season. I think people want to see the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I think that that would be the ultimate Super Bowl. I mean, it would get a massive rating. Patrick Mahomes against America's team. Yes, that would be the Super Bowl that I would like to see. So the new AP poll came out in college basketball in Houston. Number one for the first time since 1983, not since Phi Slamma Jamma, has the Houston Cougars been ranked number one. Now, this is a very good team. This is a team that went to the Final Four a couple of years ago. But Kelvin Sampson has done at Houston has been incredible. I love to see what the Houston Cougars do as they maybe get back to the Final Four. Went to the Final Four in 2021. They went to the Final Four in 1982, 1983, and 1984. Phi Slamma Jamma never won a championship. If you look at it, they had a drought of not making the NCAA tournament from 1993 to 2009. Can't believe that. But what Ralph Sampson has done since he has taken over the program is got them to the tournament in 1819, of course, 2020 was canceled because of the pandemic. And getting them to the tournament in 2021 and 2022. Wrapping up the other AP poll, uh, the Texas Longhorns, number two. You got the Virginia Cavaliers, number three. Arizona Wildcats, number four. Purdue jumping up 19 spots. They are number five. Baylor, Creighton, you got UConn. 8-0, they jumped up 12 spots. The Kansas Jayhawks, they lost a game, so they fall. Indiana is back in the mix. I love what the Indiana Hoosiers have done so far on their season. Then you got a bunch of SEC teams, including Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee, all with one loss. They're back in it. Auburn, they dropped down to 15, but they're 7-0. Gonzaga is the only two-loss team in the AP poll so far. You got Illinois 5 and 1, Duke is 17 and North Carolina is 18. Kentucky is number 19. Michigan State, UCLA, all the blue buds are right there at 17 through 21. Maryland, 
They are 6-0. Iowa State, San Diego State, and Ohio State all in the top 25. And usually when you crack the top 25 in college basketball, you make the NCAA tournament. So we're here almost till December, and then we have conference play. And here I am talking college basketball on this show. Why? Because I love college basketball. I absolutely love it. I can't get enough of the college basketball scene. And basically, I know there wasn't a whole lot of uh, top 25 action last night, but I'm a fan of SEC basketball. I love it when Kentucky underachieves. Auburn is doing well. You have Alabama ranked probably as high as they've ever been. They they knocked off a number one team for the first time since 2002. And that team... As I recall, that was when Alabama went to the Elite Eight and they knocked off Stanford, who was a number one seed. Alabama was a number eight seed. But nobody cares about Alabama basketball. You know, I've really wanted Alabama to do well in basketball to reach the Final Four because Auburn did it in 19. But I've been to Coleman Coliseum the week of the Iron Bowl. Alabama's playing in the NIT against the Memphis Tigers. And nobody showed up. And Alabama was ranked. This was back in 2005. Alabama basketball, say what you want. I'm a fan of players like Latrell Sprewell and Robert Ory. Yeah, that's right. Big Shot Bob played for Alabama. And then you also have up-and-coming players like Colin Sexton, who plays for the Utah Jazz. And what Anthony Grant has done at Alabama and now Nate Oates, Nate Oates should be coach of the year. He should have any job he wants because what he did for Alabama basketball has been incredible. And they've been a team to reckon with in the SEC. They definitely have been a rival to Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky. And I would like to see Georgia get to that level. But who knows? Maybe Georgia can compete. Remember, Georgia's win last year in basketball, was to Alabama. And it happened right after the national championship game. So, uh, yeah. So as I wrap this show up, I just want to say how incredibly blessed I am that I get to come on and do a podcast five days a week or three days a week. It just depends on when I feel like doing the show. But I also want to thank WQEE for giving me this opportunity to do this podcast on the radio as we are broadcasted five days a week from Monday through Friday from two to three. Now, sometimes the shows are going to be replay shows because, you know, sometimes I can't give a show five days a week, but I love doing broadcasting. I was calling games all the way back in 1999 when I was in college. I love being on the radio and talking about sports. I had an opportunity to do that at 95.7 ESPN Radio down in Columbus. And I've been given an opportunity, a huge opportunity, to be introduced into doing a podcast. Thank you to a lifelong friend, Nathan Spies, and somebody that I went to college with back at Freed Hardman University in the early 2000s. Nathan Spies got me into the podcasting business when I was a guest on his podcast. Then he showed me how to do a podcast. Now, a long time ago, back in 2009, I did have a YouTube channel. But it, it really 
the quality wasn't really all that great. But I've been doing this podcast since January of 2020. I've had over 500 episodes. In fact, this is episode 511. And then tonight at Ivy Park, that is going to be episode 512. Going to have a lot of guests on the show tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. That show is going to be rebroadcasted on WQEE on Wednesday. So you don't want to miss that. I will have World Cup updates. Hopefully, the United States will advance against Iran. They play them later this afternoon at 2 p.m. in Qatar. This is a crucial game, and I am super excited about the World Cup. I just absolutely love it. I cannot get enough of it. I mean, the games today were very compelling. I mean, you had Brazil beating Switzerland. I mean, beat them without Myanmar. Cameron and Serbia was so intriguing. I know it ended in a 3-3 tie, but the goal scoring, it was just one after the other. You know, Cameron came back and tied it when they were down 3-1. Ghana defeated South Korea 3-2. And then Portugal getting a big win over Uruguay. Bruno Fernandes with two goals. And Portugal is going to advance to the next round And I want to see either Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi get a World Cup before they actually end their soccer career. And who knows, maybe they'll go to the MLS. I mean, that's what David Beckham did when he went to the LA Galaxy. And now he's doing commercials with Peyton Manning. I love that Lay's Potato Chips commercial with David Beckham and Peyton Manning where they're debating whether it's called soccer or football. It's so funny and, you know, just continue doing commercials because it was awesome Mia Hamm's also in that commercial I was watching that during the World Cup and I just love getting up early in the morning and checking my phone and seeing the game you know it starts at five in the morning and uh, sometimes you know I'll I'll even watch it on my phone and uh, it's just incredible and, and I just love it well I think that I've reached the point of my show where I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Don't forget that uh, we got Braves coming up. Uh, Just Braves talk. Uh, I love this time slot. I love being in the middle uh, right after Rod Peterson. It does a great job with the the CFL. And, you know, congratulations to the Toronto Argonauts for winning the Grey Cup. You know, does a great job with hockey. And all the analysis that you get from Rod Peterson, I'm just so blessed I get to follow him. And then stay tuned for the Braves dugout report. You don't want to miss it. I know that the baseball season ended, but we still have some awards to give out. You know, Michael Harris, the second one rookie of the year. But, you know, you got spring training. You know, in February, pitchers and catchers are going to report. We can start talking about 2023. I mean, that's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a week of shows. I'm going to have my live show from Ivy Park. That's going to air on the show tomorrow. And then we're going to replay that show. And then don't forget that Friday is going to be my high school football wrap-up shows. We got some semifinal games. And then next week, We'll have the championship games for the state of Georgia. And we're wrapping up the championships in the state of Alabama too. So you don't want to miss that. I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. 
You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.